welcome to another episode of Okay Now What. Today you got Thomas, Elizabeth, Jason, and me, Greg. And so let's go ahead and get started with the congratulations, Jason, on getting an endorsement by the wonderful Marianne Williamson. I think that's so awesome. Jason, just give us a, a little bit on how you're feeling right now. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty ecstatic. It's great. She's, uh, you know, if there was any candidate in the race that I could have seen myself actually getting behind aside from Bernie, uh, it, it would have been Marianne. Um, and, uh, I, I really didn't know much about her until the mm -hmm. first time I saw her in debate. Uh, and I thought her perspective was, um, you know, I didn't agree with all the things that she was saying, but, but I thought that her perspective on making, you know, it's like, if you want to have a successful relationship, if you want to have a successful family, you know, you center those relationships on love and, and really giving instead of taking. And, and I really feel like she's grounded in understanding that we come to a place of political healing, uh, healing between all peoples and uplifting each other by mm -hmm. having love for having love for our fellow human beings and so it's uh um i think it's a great perspective on the world i'm very proud to have her endorsement um her political director howie klein invited me is i just want to sh shout this out there for a second uh he runs a blog called down with tyranny um uh -huh. and so if you search down with tyranny um he's going to publish an article that i wrote um uh, over the last couple of days, he's going to publish it tomorrow. So look for that. Uh, and it's basically about um, the, uh, the incumbent that I'm running against in my race in Washington, second congressional district guy who's been in there for 10 terms, 20 years, uh, complete corporate lackey. Um, and, and we're doing our best to get the information out there on how bad of a representative he is because yeah. he flies very much, he flies very much under the radar in terms of how bad he is, but you know, we just have to talk about those things. So a lot of great opportunities with that endorsement. I'm extremely grateful and I really appreciate the shout out for it here. Yeah, of course. And y'all listen at home, um, check him out, call for Congress. Show them some love, donate. Yeah. Appreciate that. Thank you. So let's go ahead and let's talk about some news, y'all. So Joe Biden uh, went on to a CNN uh, town hall. And let's just go ahead and watch because I'm pissed. <laughs> No, that's later. That's later, guys. Loans are crushing my family, friends, and fellow Americans. Me too. <laughs> the American dream is to kidding. succeed, but how can we fulfill that dream when debt is many people's only option for a degree? We need student loan forgiveness beyond the potential $10,000 your administration has proposed. We need at least a $50,000 minimum. What will you do to make that happen? I will not make that happen. It depends on whether or not you go to a private university or a public university. It depends on the idea that I say to a community, I'm going to forgive the debt, the billions of dollars of debt for people who have gone to Harvard and Yale and Penn and school with my children. I went to a great school, I went to a state school. Um, but is that gonna be forgiven rather than use that money to provide for early education for young, uh, children who are come from disadvantaged circumstances. But here's what I think. I think everyone, and I've been proposing this for four years, everyone should be able to go to community college for free, for free. That's, that's cost $9 billion. 
and we should pay for it. And the tax policies we have now, we should be able to pay for it. You spend almost that money as a break for people on racehorses. And I think any family making under $125,000 whose kids go to a state university they get into. Okay. So there you have it. He said no. He's not, not interested in canceling the debt. He goes on to say, you know, if, 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 if we cancel the debt, then we can't have early childhood education. He, he obviously knows that doing canceling the debt helps close the racial wealth gap. But, of course, he's ignorant on that as well. Um, Elizabeth, what do you think about this? Oh, you are muted, sweetie. Sorry. <laughs> well, it's a, a huge disappointment just because we find ourselves in a pandemic and a lot yeah. of people could use that relief. And um, I, I believe there's a lot of data out there that demonstrates that we are the first generation that has like a lower living standard than uh, generations before us. Mm -hmm. And that just demonstrates that data statistics that we need to make a drastic change on how we do um, education here in the United States. And it's just really disappointing because um, how are we going to compete in the job market when we don't have a society that we are uh, prioritizing on educating them to meet those demands. And I just feel like um, it's just a burden that people shouldn't have to carry when they pursue um, education. Yeah, I agree. Thomas, so he, Joe Biden also mentioned that it would be hel helping wealthy people out but that's not the case. What the people don't have student loan debt? What, what was your take on that response? Well, I think people forget that it's not just wealthy people that go to Harvard or like these institutions, mm -hmm. you know, like there's the, the so many people of, you know, just because you go to uh, what you were classes like a, I don't know, like a, a, a upper class institution mm -hmm. doesn't mean that you're from an upper class background that has a load of money that's just not true and so the idea that to not give people um loan relief um just because you go to harvard um it's like this i'd rather the, the way that they're looking at it is that they're scared of helping out 100 people that don't need help rather mm -hmm. than that one person that does need help right and so the policy should be even if it helps out a hundred wealthy families right at mm -hmm. least we'll be helping that one family that desperately needs that help right yeah and what the not what and it's it, you you can have it both ways you can get that money back by instituting a wealth tax right if you're really concerned about wealthy families uh benefiting from loan relief um, you just reclaim it back later down the road in the form of a wealth tax. And so this idea that you can't do this uh, also needs to be, um, it needs to be shot down. And it yeah. needs to be, people need to understand that he could uh, 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 do $50,000 in loan relief, or his secretary of education can just go ahead and cancel the whole lot. His yeah. secretary of education, I mean, the, the, it is 
you just go on go online go on twitter whatever you, there's there's numerous posts from activists and organizations saying that biden has the power to literally just wipe out all student debt without the need to go yeah to Congress, there is no the limit there's no limit so you know it's just uh they're, they're they're making excuses because he just doesn't want to do it fundamentally yeah. um, doesn't want to do it I think I think one of the things that we have to recognize here, and, and a lot of these policy walkbacks with the with the minimum wage, mm -hmm. um, and, and so so first of all, I don't look at the student don't loan cancellation as an as a matter of relief. I'm I look at it as a matter of something that shouldn't exist to begin with. Yeah. Um, yes. And yeah. and 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 we should be providing education as a matter of public investment. Uh, and the idea that we have to tax the wealthy in order to pay for this is absolutely ludicrous. The federal yeah. government um, uh, can pay for anything it wants. Uh, they never talk about taxing the wealthy when they want to spend money on war uh, or when yeah. they want to do, you know, obviously tax cuts. But, you know, I mean, the, it, it, there is an idea and it's pervasive among the American public that, mm -hmm. that the, the federal government is limited by its budget and it's absolutely yeah. not. I mean, you That's can't true. go spending willy-nilly on things. I mean, the things that are really harmful to the debt and the deficit are things like war spending, where you're, where you're spending money on bullets and bombs that have absolutely no return to society mm -hmm. and cause a whole lot of harm rather than the investments in the things that we really need, which are education and public housing and health care and the idea that our federal government takes a position that they can't pay for this or that they're going to be paying off you know stuff for rich people um is 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 absolutely ludicrous so yeah. the, the thing that i want to follow up on that is that that is what we have is a system of class oppression you know yeah. and and that is how it is being managed. So, so I am taking the cynical approach, although I think it is the, the informed approach, that these policies are on purpose to keep a, yeah. an underclass oh, uh, going in the society that is, that is now mm -hmm. reliant on the wealthy um, uh, for their very existence. Um, and, and it's, you know, it's criminal. And it's thankfully... It's one of the things that eventually leads to a real people's revolution. Yeah. <laughs> if I couldn't say anything can, about it. Can you I just mention one more thing? Can yeah. I just, and then, so Joe Biden mentions he wants to make community college free. And I just feel like maybe people that are more moderate, that might be like, well, that's a good deal. But a lot of communities, a lot of cities, a lot of states have already made community college uh, free, uh, like the state of Texas, uh, no, not Texas, the state of Tennessee with a Republican governor. You don't get like and kudos. You mentioned a Republican governor. That. You mentioned a Republican governor because this is popular across the aisle. And, but moderate Dems don't care about their base. You know, so they don't care. So they're just going to vote against it and go with their donors. You made a very good point, Elizabeth. Yeah, yeah you're right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So let's continue some more disappointing news about Joe Biden. And so he went <laughs> it's ahead. It's a trend. And, yes, it's, it's a trend of, of tonight's show, y'all. So um, I'm going to go ahead and share my screen yet again. I hear a kitty. Yeah. <laughs> so President Biden had just issued a new guidance 
fully abandoning his pledge to halt deportations. The ACLU says that this is a disappointing step backward from the Biden administration's earlier comments to fully break from the harmful policies of both Trump and Obama. Now, you got to remember who was there in Obama. It was Joe Biden. Um, the ACLU released this. Um, if it wants to load. Thank you. So the memo is a disappointing step backward from Biden's administration's uh, earlier commitments to fully break from the harmful policies. Well, Biden's administration rightfully acknowledges that immigrants are our family members, our coworkers, our neighbors. For now, it has chosen to continue giving ICE officers significant discretion to conduct operations that harm our communities and tear our families apart. They go on and continue, uh, but they go on. Uh, they mention we expect better from the Biden administration and believe that in the next 90 days, will continue to reaffirm the need to force ICE to downscale its operations, including by ending ICE programs that tap state uh, and local law enforcement for immigration enforcement. We need to abolish ICE, period. But the fact that he made a promise, not just as an administration, but as a candidate in a presidential campaign, he made a promise Day one, we're going to release the kids out of cages. Kids are still in cages, y'all. Kids are still in cages. Um, Thomas, go ahead and give me something. I mean, I'm sorry, well, I'm sorry, but this is very on brand for Biden. I mean, I mean, it, with the with the Biden-Obama administration, 2012 alone, they deported over 400,000 people in one mm -hmm. year. 400,000 people. And so, I, I I like to think that he could he would do something with the pressure, um, but I just I don't know if you remember in the primary where he told the immigrant activists to go vote for Trump because he was just simply asking that he has the power to stop all deportations on day one. Mm -hmm. He just wouldn't just didn't get he didn't care. Um, so at this point. Uh, I've just accepted that he's complicit. Oh yeah, he's complicit. He's complicit with he's he's okay with what ICE is doing to people. Um, in fact, him reopening that um, that uh, overflow facility in Texas has now meant that 700 children are now because of what's happened in Texas. Um, it must be. It must be. I can't even imagine what it must be like right now mm -hmm. uh, for those for those children. Um, in, in that facility. I mean, yeah. it's already bad to begin with. They're already sleeping on stone cold floors with some of them just didn't ever, it didn't even have anything warm. It didn't even have, well, it didn't have anything to begin with. So yeah. um, it's what's going on there is in any other country, the United States would probably invade them for what they're doing in terms of human rights abuses. Um, yeah. But this, but this is where we are. Elizabeth, what's your response to this? Yeah, I think like what Thomas was saying, it's on brand on, brand on um, the Biden and the Obama administration. It's the kind of same like neoliberal policies 
And it's just um, disappointing because Arizona was delivered to Joe Biden by a lot of Latinx immigrant coalitions that got out the vote. Um, and not just in Arizona, but in multiple states. So a lot of people of color and Black organizations organized to deliver his victory. And then he's just going to kind of disregard one of the main policy issues that um, a lot of people care about. Um, well, and, and if I and, may break in, particularly with point, the Trump administration. My last point would just be like, it's, it's a money-making thing. That's why, oh, it is. That's why it's still yeah. happening. Go, yeah. go ahead, um, Jason. I was just, I wanted to follow up with your point because it was a very important point that a lot of people really, um, you know, when people talked about how bad the Trump administration was, one of the things that they focused on uh, specifically was the immigration issues and the border, um, yeah. uh, uh, ICE and, and the uh, border patrol and the conditions in the concentration camps at the border. You know, that was one of the selling points as to why the Biden administration was going to be so much better than mm -hmm. the Trump administration. You know, so so to walk that back is, you know, I, I personally, I find it offensive, you know, and, and I think a lot of people don't understand about asylum being a human right. Um, and then the other thing, I mean, you know, I hate to take a dig on my fellow Americans, but a lot of people don't realize that people are not coming to this country because they, quote unquote, want to find opportunity in America. They are being pushed out of their own countries uh, yeah. by the poor economic conditions yeah. there that have largely been and, and, and war that have largely been created by America, you know, and 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 a lot of these people know they 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 get sent back home you know they they are going to be abused by their own governments um yep. and so mm -hmm. it's you know it's it's a it, you know the human the human rights abuses go beyond just the fact that we are not treating these people well here in our country it's yeah. what are we put what are we sending them back to yeah it's 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 insane because I just what really irritates me is that that was a campaign promise, and when when you said like that we're gonna be better than the Trump administration, well then do it, because right now you're not doing jack shit. And and the sad and the sad part is that there are so many of these brunch liberals that are gonna they're gonna make some kind of excuse for this. They're gonna they're gonna fall back on well Trump was worse, um, and it is it is such a failed mode of thinking mm -hmm. that you can't take the things that you ran on and actually make them happen that you don't have the power to make that happen. Mm -hmm. And just like Thomas sent, said, it's because they are complicit. I mean, it's if, if they yeah. don't exercise the power that, is, that they have to actually resolve this problem uh, in a humanitarian way, it's because they don't want to. Yeah. Uh, so with that, we're going to move on. Um, so this week, Trump was acquitted. I mean, we all saw that coming. Um, he, um, the Senate, I believe it was 57 to 43 yeah. or something like that, mm -hmm. um, voted to not um, convict. And um, The View went ahead and had this discussion. Um, and Megan McCain had something to say. So let's go ahead and what she has to say with all this. Pissed me off. 
So, Megan, what's your thoughts on all of this as you sit and you watched what happened over the weekend? Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of different thoughts. I mean, I think it's easy to say that the Republican Party is only the party of QAnon and, you know, all these things. If, if that's the truth, then the Democratic Party is the party of socialism and late-term abortion and cancel culture and no responsibility or ramifications for any of your actions. And you can burn <laughs> down uh, cities like Kenosha and it's fine and there's no ramifications. These are broad-stroke platitudes. I don't believe either are true. I don't think Republicans are simply QAnon supporters. I don't think Democrats are simply socialists. And the Okay, so that's why I wanted to sh uh, share, because that's what really pissed me off, y'all. Um, here's the difference between the Republicans queuing on crap and painting the idea that all Democrats are socialists. Democratic leadership and the establishment are obviously not socialists. I and wish. they continue, <laughs> I know, God, I wish, and continue <laughs> to paint themselves not socialists. The Republican establishment and leadership loves this QAnon crap and are going for it because they are still wrapped around Trump's little finger and are afraid that if they say anything else, they're going to lose their seats. So that's the difference between the two, Megan. And she wants to go on and talk about riots, um, comparing the riots on January 6th to Kenosha? Are you kidding me? This woman just loves to paint false equivalencies. Any one of you, please jump in. Well, I, I would say I, I think this is an important thing because the one topic that we were going to talk about, we decided not to talk about. This would be the time to talk about it as Megan McCain is talking about the moral responsibility and, and uh, you know, and, 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 and uh, you know, QAnon conspiracy conspiracies that are that are um, oh yeah with deep Stephen with Schmidt. like child yeah. abuse and that now you go to the republicans and stephen schmidt and the lincoln project and they've been covering up child abuses and 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 predatory bad, um, actions it, it and so it is but i don't want to i don't want to give them a pass without you know saying that the democrats do this shit also i mean the oh. republicans the republicans will make excuses for their their own failings and the democrats will make excuses for their own failings god knows we're going to see jen psaki uh uh feeding us that spin like mm -hmm. what i have heard come out of her mouth in the last <laughs> month i'm like this is sarah huckabee sanders all over again she just got blue painted on her face that's all that's the only <laughs> difference so neither of the political parties actually know how to own their own shortcomings. Yeah, I agree. Okay, well, that was just a little fun segment. I just hate her so much. I just got to put her on blast. Now, uh, but let's move on to something. So Texas uh, has been dealing with crazy, crazy blizzards and snowstorms. And obviously, you know, climate change events are happening there. Because it doesn't usually sm snow that much in Texas. But um, guess who decided to um, escape the cold while his people are dying? Ted Cruz uh, was spotted in an airport going to Cancun. He wanted to, you know, save himself uh, his bad decision by basically saying, oh, I was trying to be a good father and my kids wanted to go. Um, I'm sorry. When I wanted to go to Disneyland, I was like, nah, you can't. Were they being a bad parent? No. Tell your kids no. But anyway, um, what are your thoughts on this, Elizabeth? I, I really hope, well, first of all, 
I like my heart goes out to the people in Texas mm -hmm. who are suffering. And I, I remember one time I went camping and we had, we had the wrong equipment and it was so freezing and that wasn't sub-zero temperatures. So I can't even imagine like trying to like, as a parent, mm -hmm. trying to provide for your children. So I'm just, I'm, my heart really goes out to them. And then the second thing is just, I really hope the people in Texas um, create this really mass movement movement and huge voter turnout and get um, him out because he does not deserve to represent uh, yeah. in Texas. Somebody else can go ahead and talk about the infrastructure and the whole problem there. Oh. Yeah, anyone want to jump in, Thomas? Yeah, I, I was just going to say that, you know, this is... I mean, this isn't an isolated issue in terms of representatives. I mean, this is across the board. Um, I mean, you got uh, what came out of Andrew Cuomo this week. Um, oh. That is another, that is, that is Nixon Gate kind of scandal. That actually. is Nixon Gate. Yeah, that's, um, a, that's a whole half um, hour by itself. That is, that, that, that is a whole other thing. But, that's next week's y'all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, this, the, uh, I mean, I mean, it's very on brand for Ted Cruz. Uh, he, he, he just didn't defend his wife when, when Trump was running in 2016. That was, mm -hmm. You know, it's like he'll deflect any sort of like uh, responsibility at his shoulders. And, you mm -hmm. know, uh, another thing that's happened with AOC raising all that money um, with Beto O'Rourke, I mean, it, it, you shouldn't have to resort to charity in order to solve no, a government real. crisis. And this just shows how inept the system is to dealing with like catastrophic catastrophes that the government should be dealing with. Yeah, you know, it, should, it shouldn't have to resort to people just doing a GoFundMe on a national scale. Um, but that's where we are right now. Uh, and this makes me a little bit nervous going forward with climate change and how the government's going to react to these oh, yeah. things going forward. Because if this is, if this is, uh, if this is the example that we're being given, um, yeah, yeah, well, something needs to happen. So the the thing that I wanted to say about this um, is one, uh, and as AOC rightly pointed out, that this is a failure of a of a an archaic energy grid uh, that we should be making massive federal investments into to upgrade yeah. and make green and make sustainable. But the second thing I wanted to identify with this is the way you know a, a number of the of the liberals have come out and said the people of Texas deserve this, and I think it's absolutely yeah. horrendous. I uh, I retweeted something. By Marina Sirtis of uh, uh, Star Trek, uh, was it she, Next <laughs> Generation or Deep Space Nine or whatever? I don't. Counselor Troy, um, but she had said, you know, uh, I feel badly for the people of Texas, but the mean girl in me says that they deserve it because of the people that they are electing, and I think that that is <laughs> that is the most awful and inhumane take. It is as, like as not if the kids that are suffering for them, as if the kids that are suffering right there right now had any part in in electing the you know but uh -huh. but to come out and say you have compassion and then laugh at human suffering is you know it's 
it's classic neoliberalism though mm -hmm. you know so anyway and that's there, all i wanted to say about that and there's huge voter suppression in texas too oh, absolutely God. there is you know absolutely to disregard that reality like that's yep like, mm -hmm. yep all right and let's welcome from pennsylvania alexandra hunt thank you for joining hi thank you for having me um so you are running for congress and Pennsylvania's third district. I believe that includes the Philadelphia, correct? Yes, that's most Philly. Yeah, so I want to go ahead and show your um, your, your, your campaign video. So uh, I want to show that to the audience and then we'll get on to our um, segment. I never thought to run for a political office. I'm a researcher and a soccer coach, an advocate and an organizer. But as I've watched jobs slip from people's grasp, houses seized, bankruptcies filed, and the next meal become a question, I've realized there's no more time to wait for change. I don't come from money or a powerful family. My parents are both educators, and I grew up alongside a twin brother who struggled with a learning disability in a world that was not meant to see him succeed. I've waited tables, struggled with student debt, and put the work in to become a survivor, not a victim, of sexual assault. My vision for America is grounded in our humanity, to be a country that values both inclusivity and diversity and seeks to restore and rehabilitate rather than punish and penalize. Working within the realm of public health, I've seen families struggle with poverty, with drug addiction, homelessness, a lack of health care, and a lack of mental health support. We need a representative who stands by the needs of the people and champions real change. My opponent campaigned on universal health care, yet failed to vote for Medicare for all. He played a key role in the shifting landscape of education in Philadelphia, setting up charter schools that took voice away from educators and parents and led to further segregation within our school system. He has a history of voting on behalf of his corporate donors funding his campaign, but we need a representative who cannot be bought and works only to serve the needs of our people. We need to reinvest in education and give power back to teachers and parents. Provide universal childcare, support the Green New Deal, increase the minimum wage, pass Medicare for all, and fight for criminal justice reform. I'm running for Congress, not only to answer to the cries of our children, but to amend for the transgressions of my ancestors. It's time to invest in America's true potential and build the world we all want to be a part of. My name is Alexandra Hunt, and I'm running for the third congressional seat of Pennsylvania to take our struggle, our ideas, and our fight all the way to Washington. I never thought to run for a political... That was a really good... I just want to say that. Like, that, that was a really good launch ad. It had everything that you stand for, even included your opponent, who, by the way, that was a very, like, like, hey, this guy is not great. <laughs> you know, that was a really okay. good close-up on what he's been doing. Um, go ahead and give us some more detail on what, what you've been doing so far since you've launched. Um, well, I think since I've launched, um, I've, gotten, I've gotten a good amount of positive feedback. Um, I think some people uh, were a little surprised, um, but... Uh, 
people are generally supportive of what I'm running for. So that's been, that's been great to, to see. It's been pretty busy. Um, I am still working. So running a campaign and working at the same time, it's just, mm -hmm. you're constantly going. Yeah. And what do you do for a living? Um, I work it, at a small biotech that um, specializes in cancer therapy. Wow. See, uh, this is what I really love. Everyday people who want to make change run for office. This is why I tell people, like, if you have the, the urge to do it, please do it. <laughs> like Jason here, who's running for Washington second. So um, anyone, go ahead and jump in if you want. Well, if I can jump in just because I'm a candidate also, I want to say your ad was really fantastic. Um, I, I, how long has uh, Evans been in office? He is, he's had a political career of 41 years. Okay. So, so the one thing that I, I would like to offer you as advice um, is, is to really dig deeply into the money that he takes and the votes that he makes um, and it's, it's one of the things that I have been extremely for. I talk about this with my campaign all the time. I have great opposition research and on my website, we have built, uh, a, mm -hmm. a narrative, uh, of my opponent who is, who has been in this seat for 20 years of all of the money he's taken and all of the votes that you've made and made that have, have not been in support of the public good. Um, and I'd, I'd love to work with you, uh, uh, and give you some guidance on that. If you, if you're interested in it, you know, not saying you have to. But, but I think it's so important for people to understand that the people who are representing them right now are absolutely dissatisfactory to mm -hmm. what, our, what our needs are. So I really congratulate you to, for, for stepping up against that and recognizing that. Thank you. So you mentioned in the video that Dwight Evans has uh, had a history of making bad votes that obviously reflects his corporate donors. And you made um, a, a claim in the, in the video that he uh his decisions had furthered segregation in schools but him being you know african-american that looks a little weird what, what has he done uh, is there any more detail that you can provide what he has done when when it comes to that uh to the the uh, school portion or the yeah school? yeah like the furthering segregation of the of the schools yeah, um, I mean, he pushed for charter schools, and then mm -hmm. we have we now have charter schools, and um, basically, Philadelphia public school system is really struggling. Um, and there's been issues with funding. There's been issues with our um, the structure of our buildings mm -hmm. and the safety of them. Um, and even even before the pandemic, but especially with the pandemic. Um, so yeah, we, yeah. he, he, um, he, he's, yeah, he was, he was part of the, the final push that, that got charter schools into Philly. Wow. And, um, Elizabeth, go ahead. Yeah. I also have a question and congratulations on running. And I, I'm really excited because we do need people who are not afraid to fight for things like the Green New Deal. Um, and you didn't mention Medicare for all. What do you think right now is the most difficult part of getting a single payer Medicare for all at the federal level? And how do you think you can go ahead and uh, change that there? I know in California, we're trying to pursue, 
you know, single payer for the state because we are kind of not seeing the pathway at the federal level? Uh, I don't think we really see that pathway at the state level. Um, I'm not sure how in tune you are with, with Pennsylvania politics, um, but uh, the, the state is run by the GOP and it, it's tough to get anything through. Um, I, I think the biggest argument that people have um, is how are we going to pay for this? Mm -hmm. And it, it's, it's the same way that we, that we can pay for, you know, proposals like, like a wall or, or corporate bailouts. There, there is the money there. It just, it depends how we're prioritizing it. Um, and I, I, the, the, the biggest argument against it is simply complacency with our, with our system and not imagining a, a different possibility. Um, so I think just pushing that this this could be very real and it's very possible and and talking to people about it and educating them. Uh, Thomas, so, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say with the charter school system in Pennsylvania, um, is that going to have like a, a, a knock on effect in terms of um, like teachers unions, like like in terms of um this rollout of reopening schools that we're so adamant on doing um is the like like uh is there going to be less protections because because of these um like the, the uh with the charter school system yes um the ever since uh the incumbent did that um our our teachers union in philly has been actively fighting to get him out of office yeah. um, and and then in in terms with the pandemic they've been pretty active um protesting uh, against going back into unsafe buildings and prioritizing the vaccination of teachers yeah yeah and jason you were about to say something well um so some things uh uh alexander said about are, is it alexander or are you short for is it Al alex short for short I use both. Either way, okay. So as Alex was talking about the, the prioritizing of funding, so I'm wondering if you have looked into modern monetary theory at all and how things get paid for at the federal level versus the state level. Yes, I was alluding to modern monetary theory. Okay, okay, good. So yeah, I mean, the, the, we, what, what we know is that the government, just because you know they spend whenever they want to spend, uh, they can just spend and invest in these healthcare, in, in Medicare for all, uh, or in um, good public transportation, green public transportation, or public housing, or any of these things that are societal needs, um, in the same way that they uh, uh, bring up these gigantic war budgets, uh, um, yeah. you know, whenever constantly so mm -hmm. it is it is a matter of prioritizing um but it's not a matter of saying we need to spend here and so we don't need to spend there i mean they can just take money and say we're going to spend here but they should not spend there <laughs> yeah no so yeah I that's good to hear that's good to hear that you're 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 down with modern monetary theory mm -hmm. yeah so yeah. in your video you mentioned your uh you, you've coached soccer you know you're just a regular person what made you want want to just do this run um i i think it was a um a moment I, well it was a build-up 
of um, the, the pandemic hitting and then just the lack of government response, the uh, frankly, the total abandonment of our government. Um, yeah. And then the, the climbing numbers of death, the inequities in, in our deaths and in, in the people um, being unhoused um, it, mm -hmm. or who already were unhoused. And then I was, I was out at a food distribution site and I was just looking at um, how long the line was and it was wrapping, wrapping down the, down the block. And I, I was just like, what, what am I waiting for? I, I'm, mm -hmm. this needs to change. So I decided to, to run. Wow. I think that is truly, truly amazing. Um, so where can people go and um, give you some love? So shout out your social media, your website. Go ahead and do that. Uh, my website is Alexandra M, as in Mary, alexandramhunt.com. And then my social media is Alexandra Hunt for Congress on Instagram and on Twitter. It's A Hunt, the number four Congress. Um, and I have face a Facebook page as well. And, oh, and I have TikTok. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, if, and if you um, they, and they if people want to volunteer, they can also go to your website. That's the website. Can I throw in one more question? Yeah, of course. What's, sure. what's your What's your local network like for for building your campaign? How do you How do you feel about uh, where you are and where you need to be uh, in terms of getting that growth and the rate, name recognition and so on? Oh, oh, the the name recognition is going to be very hard against um, this this longtime incumbent. Um, I I think that. I, I, I'm a grassroots organizer, so I'm, I'm at the grassroots talking, talking to people um, mm -hmm. and just kind of networking. Um, I have, I'm, I'm meeting with people in the districts pretty regularly throughout the week and just one by one by one um, trying to get the movement out there um, so that people know that there's a progressive candidate in the district and um, to stay hopeful and to stay engaged. Well, hopefully when things open up and everyone gets vaccinated, maybe you can hold, hold an event at Woody's. So uh, I don't know if you're <laughs> familiar with Woody's. Uh, when I, I went to visit uh, Philadelphia last year before pandemic happened and things got lit at Woody's, y'all. It's a wonderful oh, yeah. gay bar. So they would love you. <laughs> well, everyone I, think, uh, go ahead. And no, I love Woody's. <laughs> I love it. So please, everyone, show Alexandra some love. Go ahead and check her out. Thank you so much for being here, especially that it's 10, almost 11 on the East Coast. Sorry about the confusion. <laughs> that's, that's, that's kind of on me. I didn't see the, the, the <laughs> time, but thank you for having me. It was nice meeting you all. Yeah, it was nice you to too, meet you. You take Good care. Good luck. Yeah. Put some good tweets out and I'll, I'll retweet them. <laughs> guys, and that concludes our episode of OK, Now What? Please, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, click subscribe, hit the like, ring the bell for notifications. If you're watching us on, I, on IG, show some love, give us a follow, share our video, and just check us out on social media. Our information is down below uh, in the description, and we will see you next week. Take care.